Good evening, folks. It is your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast here on a Thursday night, 8 p.m., as we usually do. And this week is going to be a little different than most of our normal shows, as just in the last about 90 minutes, we have a breaking story that uh, is nothing terribly fun or, you know, anything we'd want to anything we'd want to normally get into. But nothing we want to cover, nothing we want to announce, nothing we actually want to 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 have even to talk about. Talk yeah. About, yeah. Know? No, this 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 is I mean, as far as we know, at this point, this is at every, you know, it's a tragedy for wrestling is the best way yeah. to put it. So let's just throw it out here in case people are tuning in and they haven't heard because Lord knows as we've all come into the show tonight. Some of us hadn't heard until just now. So Triple H of WWE tweeted out at 632. So yeah, like I was saying, 90 minutes ago, just received a call from WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, who informed us of the tragic news that our WWE family member for life, Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt, unexpectedly passed earlier today. Our thoughts are with his family, and we ask that everyone respect their privacy at this time. So to put that again, Bray Wyatt has passed away at the age of 36. That is all we really know as far as any statement that's been made there's been nothing other than that other than just you know everyone in the wrestling world's talking about it and a lot of people are in shock and they're putting statements out but there's been nothing from the family only factual thing we have is what i just read you there from triple h so apparently happened today um i don't know what else really to say we can say about other than that but um whew there the biggest thing is just jumps out at me. My initial reaction is just 36 years old. Yeah. The man has a young family recently had a kid. Um, that's just 36 is too young for anyone. So just take wrestling out of it. 36 yeah. is too young for anyone to go. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. So that's Damien get, get in here. Yeah. Um, I texted y'all in the group chat, the man I found out and I'm screaming in the group chat because 36, um, you know, a lot of us weren't Bray Wyatt fans, but for me personally, just watching him over the years, I don't know. I, I just grew to enjoy the character and then finding out more about the man behind the character. You know, when you peel back the curtain, you find out little snippets, you know, his wife, his children, you know, he loved being a dad by all accounts. Um, 36, gosh, uh, you know, and, and this never gets easy. But I can literally tell you on the way over here, I had chills on the way back when I read it. And that doesn't normally happen when I read things like this. But, you know, a, a wife lost her husband. Children lost their father. Uh, a father lost his son. Sister lost her brother. Yeah. A brother lost his brother. Like, pardon this, but fuck, it never gets easier, even in wrestling, to accept that this happens. Because we're so used to, in our age bracket, of wrestlers dying at some point due to some sort of health issue. But there's sometimes when it really does come out of left field and punch you in the face. And this, for me, was one of those moments where I would never have thought today, coming into this show, that I would hear that Wyndham Rotunda passed at the age he passed. Like, I'm still flabbergasted. Yeah, I mean, the only thing we remotely know kind of that's been going on since he's been gone since uh, January after the Royal Rumble 
was that the talk was he'd been out for uh, medical reasons yes. and that he was close to returning, but he had been out for some sort of medical reasons. But other than that, I mean, there's nothing as far as there doesn't really be any talk about anything other than that. He was hopefully close to returning, but I don't want to get in any speculation about what happened because we, we don't, we have nothing to go on on that. And that's not our place to, to do that. I think the main thing he says like wrestling aside, yeah. the guy had a family, a very young daughter. He just Jojo had just recently had that kid. And I want to say the last couple years. Yeah. So that's a young child that that's lost their father. So yeah, I I don't know what else to say, really. You know, <laughs> there, there's no easy way for us to segue, you know, into into any other topic, but just to say that, you know, to quote what two, two James said earlier in the show before we came on, just it sounds redundant to say this all the time, but please just check in on your loved ones, check in on your friends, just make sure they're okay because tomorrow really isn't guaranteed. No matter if you're a celebrity, a regular Joe, an old person, a younger person, just make sure your friends are okay and check in on your loved ones and tell them you love them, no matter what. Yeah, I, I doubt we're going to hear anything in the next hour while we're on the air, but I think we'll all be kind of keeping an eye on uh, the timeline in case anything happens to, to pop up in the yeah. next uh, 60 minutes that we can jump in with. But yeah. That's that's the extent of what we know at this point is Triple H's statement. That's the only official thing we've seen other than that. And WWE has put out a statement. I would imagine SmackDown is going to be a very different show tomorrow night. So Agreed. And we will just just letting everyone in the chat chime in here. You know, you know, Adrian just R.I.P. Wyndham Rotunda, just like we feel the same way. Myron Kidd. 36 years old, stunned and heartbroken. And that pretty much sums up how exactly how I felt and feel right now. Uh, yeah. to, put some, to put into uh, some, some perspective, uh, Adrian's a, a high school uh, buddy of mine. We're the same age. We're both 36. So, oh, you know, and, and, and we just recently lost a high school friend. It's just to think the same thing is that like 36 is incredibly young. Um, most of us are still trying to figure out life, no matter what your finances are, no matter what your family structure are, no matter whatever's going on, you're still a lot more life to, to explore and to discover. So, you know, somebody, um, such as Bray Wyatt, a character that really, um, I, I don't know, I, should we say elevated, uh, professional wrestling, uh, with his character work, you know, folks always throw out the word creative genius, because I think what he did, um, I think generations from now, we're going to see people try to also, uh, duplicate the exact same things he's done. Um, you know, the characters, uh, were granular, you know, the interests, you know, the effects that they had sure. There might've been booking things that we all didn't agree with but there was no denying that when Bray Wyatt entered the ring you 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 stopped and you paid attention so you know this is a guy um you know who was very vocal about you know struggles with losing a friend um he he worked through it he did the work he did some time off which I you know we talked about in previous episodes committing somebody to like prioritizing himself and you know at this point now I think much like Damien said that I said that like it, it's the, the bottom common denominator, no matter how he passed 36 is young, but I think this is a lesson 
uh, for everybody to take something positive out of it and to remember to just always check on your friends because you just never know. You never know. And it's not I'm not alluding to how or, sus or suspicion of what this may be. It's just the simple fact that like it's, it never hurts to send a simple text to, 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 to a simple tweet or a call right. or anything. Just to, just a status because you just never know. You never know. It could be somebody's last moments. It could be a life changing moment for somebody just making that content. Uh, contact and and Damien knows best because outside of the 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 the, the podcasting and, and 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 personality on air, uh, he deals with these type of things on a regular and you and you just know how simple conversations could be game changers for folks. And I think uh, whether it's the game changer for the person who initiated the contact or the person you're contacting, either way, um, positive human interaction is a it's a good thing and i think this is just another example of how somebody and i, I saw somebody tweet this like you never know how much you love somebody till they're gone and that's like that's such a critical it's, unfo it's unfortunate yeah. <laughs> and i think you know as we were going to open up the show talk about terry funk um this very uh unexpected news uh shocking to even still be talking about this is that um Bray Wyatt passed at 36 and he will be missed. Yeah, I think that sums it up. That's all we know at this point. So yeah, I guess stay tuned and we'll, I'm sure there'll be more information forthcoming and there's gonna be a lot of tributes tonight. I'm sure going on in the wrestling world for sure. Yeah. So as you mentioned uh, yesterday, we had planned to open the show with the legacy of Terry Funk. Since yeah. yesterday we had the passing of Terry Funk at age C, 79. So yeah. different situation, but yeah, I mean, T Terry Funk, when, when I was thinking about this all day, like you know, how we're going to talk about this tonight and Terry Funk's passing, I mean, the thing that hit me is just, there's a lot of people I know who would say Terry Funk is the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Mm -hmm. They would say that without question, without hesitation, and it's one of those things I think sometimes that you got to take in the scope of Terry Funk's entire life in wrestling to kind of wrap your head around. Because as long as I've been around and watching wrestling, Terry Funk's been around. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I kind of think of it. It's like, okay, when I first started watching in the 80s, he was feuding with Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event. <laughs> A decade prior to that, he's the NWA <laughs> champion, mm -hmm. you know, going around in the 70s in the NWA with his brother, oh, the NWA oh, world champion. Hold on. Let me let me let me just brighten up the mood just a little bit here. We talked about brighten it up being 36 year olds and being too young. Terry Funk lived two of those. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Russell and Russell that as well. <laughs> That's a lot of wrestling from Terry Funk. You're you're entirely right. That name has been around for years. It's sketched in stone years ago. I'm sure Terry was wrestling Jesus back in the AD, but you know we have to find that in the Bible somewhere. Well, yeah, and the, and the thing is, I was trying to get is like in the 70s he's NWA champion. In the 80s he goes and he feuds with Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event. <laughs> he goes to WCW and works with Ric Flair. He goes mm -hmm. to the whole, meanwhile, he's over in Japan the whole time, raising hell as like doing bomb one. matches. Yeah. And the nineties, that's And then the nineties, he transitions becomes a death match wrestler. Yep. He changes with the times he goes to ECW. You know, it's like, he was the king of reinvention. 
like he always was relevant one way or another was adrian argosian fun got to retire like 55 times so pretty much Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. As, as he said when he retired in Japan, Terry Funk forever, because that way I'm going to forever retire and find a way back. Let's also not forget Roadhouse, because mm-hmm. Lord knows the man went to Hollywood between Roadhouse, Paradise Alley, lots of darn oh, different wow, movie roles. Paradise Alley. I didn't even remember that one. Oh. Yeah, going back with Stallone. And speaking of Stallone, the fights in Rocky V were choreographed by yep. Terry Funk. He was yep. the fight choreographer. For yep. Rocky Five. I don't know who tweeted that, but I had to go fact check that. I was surprised. I had no clue. That is that's a gem right there. That yeah, is a gem. Th- that man led a life. He led a life. And I, I where I put it yesterday, it was like he wrote the book on wrestling and then he rewrote it himself. Because his career defies everything. Logic. Yeah. <laughs> Just logic. That he could always stay relevant. One way or another. That's what I'm going to say. Damien, someone else get in here with some thoughts on Terry Funk. I found Terry Funk later than probably a lot of people. Remember that little instance where he was Chainsaw Charlie? Right. Mm -hmm. He came in in the Attitude Era. He was Chainsaw Uh Charlie. There you go. And I I didn't know that was Terry Funk until the pantyhose got brighter and you could actually see the face, you know, over, over his head. But then when I started watching ECW, and he won the title at the first pay-per-view. And this man was doing moonsaults in his 60s mm-hmm. onto chairs. You know, <laughs> we talk about John Moxley paying homage to Terry Funk or Mick Foley saying, look, without him, I'm nothing. No, that's not hyperbole. Terry Funk, how do I even say this? He even had a five-star classic with Bret Hart. Like, <laughs> if you really go back and watch this stuff, he reinvented himself like four times throughout <laughs> his entire career. And we talk about, oh, Jericho's the king of reinvention. Nah, man. Uh-uh. Terry Funk literally went through every single wrestling era we've been alive for. That is ridiculous. <laughs> and if it wasn't for the fact that his health was deteriorating over the last couple of years, whatever he was going through mentally, physically, he probably still would have been wrestling right now. He, he was still had... wrestling 2010s on the indies. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty, so pretty much the final, incarnate, the final incarnation was the Hall of Famer who is still taking indie dates. You know, Forever. Yeah. So that, that phrase is not lost on me. Terry Funk, forever. Yeah. Um, I just got to say, as we tend to focus on um, physical health, within um, any level of combat sports. Um, Terry Funk is not a good example of this <laughs> because no. the longevity of this guy for everything he's been doing defies everything that doctors would try to tell you otherwise. <laughs> and thus, as y'all mentioned, and then I really have nothing to add. He's literally been around and been relevant uh, for so many years. And I think it's a true um even if you're not familiar with Terry at all, I think it's a true testament to understand his value to the business that when you have somebody such as Mick Foley says you, he was his mentor, yeah. he's the one he inspired to be. And when you look at Mick Foley for everything you appreciate Mick Foley for, oh, Terry was that guy. Terry, Terry was that, that, that bar that Mick was trying to reach. Um, and, and, and one may even say have reached, but by all means, it came through the blessing of, of Terry, the tutelage of Terry, um, and, and there's a lot of similarities and dualities between the two of them. So 
you know, if you came in the later generation, you were like, I'm a Mick Foley, a, a Mankind fan. Well, Terry Funk was also right next to him. Little if he knew it or not. <laughs> in the dumpster. <laughs> As Adrian Arcadero, the dumpster match at WrestleMania 14, he's feuding with the New Age Outlaws in his 50s. I mean, come on. <laughs> and if Crab, Legend, you got anything? This is like, Crab. You got anything? Crab any thoughts in, on Terry really Funk? Quick. Before Crab jumps in really quick. If memory serves me correct, doesn't Tommy Dreamer hold him of a high regard as well? Because he was Tommy an ECW mentor. Because yeah. Tommy didn't want to win the title at Barely Legal. He wanted Terry Funk to win the title. Yeah, he told so, he told that yeah. story some, some recently on, on uh um on uh his uh radio show. Um and, and yes, yeah, you're entirely right there. So my uh big thing about Terry Funk was that a lot of your favorite uh, wrestlers favorite wrestlers is Terry Funk. Yeah. And that's really, it really is what it comes down to. Uh, I, you know, I think that he would say that he really didn't, you know, innovate a lot of the things that we see today because at the point, like it's hard to know what the history is going to be if you're creating things that's never been done before. And I think a lot of the stuff, you know, he's a pioneer for a lot of the styles of wrestling that we see today. And the fact that he was working up until when? Two years ago? <laughs> Very recently. <laughs> Very recently. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, like, damn. Now, obviously, uh, him, you know, pushing 80, uh, it wasn't a matter of when he was going to retire. Like, this was how we knew he was going to retire. Yeah. It was going to yeah. have to be with the news that Terry Funk has passed away. Yeah. Because he was, he was going to show up. He was going to come back. He was going to do a thing. Not because he needed the money, not because he needed, you know, because he actually loved the business, loved wrestling, loved, um, you know, innovating and working with people, you know, under him. You know, so everybody that speaks of him, whether it's contemporaries or the people that came after her, speak about how he's willing to, he's one of the veterans that's willing to help the next generation up. Yeah. Yeah, 2017. I just checked. He had two matches in 2017. Was the last time he did stuff. And that that, that meant, yeah. Mm. I'm just gonna say that if I had to like draw an analogy in terms of rap, who uh, Terry Funk is, either KRS-One or Rockham, like just folks that are just <laughs> legendary status. That like you 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 appreciate if you know, and everybody inspired to be uh to, to to be them or to mimic aspects of their of their career so and no and as all this stuff has been up in the last 24 hours of people like you know sharing memories of nobody to a t has anything negative to say right. on terry funk he's held in the highest of regard dude is just beloved beyond beloved in a business where not too many people you can say that about and i think a lot of that comes from He's one of the few veterans who was in the business forever who just he has kept changing with the times. And he, he never he was never the guy well, to be like, oh, these kids don't know what they're doing. And, you know, <laughs> this doesn't work. So, so he was like, you know what? I'm going to try that moonsault thing. I never done it before. Who cares if I'm in my 50s? I'm going to try this deathmatch thing. <laughs> Middle aged and crazy. <laughs> no, that's how he called himself. It's like truly remarkable in a, in a, in a, in a state of the world where folks tend to stick in their ways and say something mm -hmm. stupid and end up being canceled. Terry defied all the odds. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. He really did. He really did. I mean, Wasn't one of his spots the hey, windmill hey. with the ladder? 
all up on spinning around with the ladder. Yeah, the, the helicopter spot. Yeah, with the ladder. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. What's up, girl? Thanks for uh tuning into the podcast. Oh, uh, but yeah. So I guess we gotta talk about some other stuff now, right? Yeah, we've this has been a, a, a odd opening for the first 20 minutes, but yeah. it is what it is. These things happen. So I guess we're we gonna switch gears now. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Rest in peace, Terry Funk. Yeah, that is iconic is and today. legendary. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, so I guess there's a uh, there's a big show happening this weekend. There is a big show happening this weekend, and it's supposedly God that that how how that's gonna figure in with all the uh, news of the last two days is gonna be that's gonna be interesting. I hadn't thought yeah, of that, that's... but um, it's all in weekend at Wembley, going down a Sunday afternoon East Coast time, and uh. They've moved a ton of tickets, and that seems to be the biggest story, it seems to me. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> for some people. Yeah, well, some people, for sure. We were talking about that this week. It's like some people just seem not to care about the card or the wrestling on it. They're just concerned about that crowd and how that... many people are going to be there. No, no, no. Which is that's... odd to me. <laughs> Let, let's, let's, I, 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 I want, I want to hear a lot of what Jamal has to say because he don't, he don't operate too much in the group chat during the day because people got things they got to do and whatnot. Right. But that seems to be like, the, the 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 common narrative around all in is about the analytics how many tickets are so uh who, who like is it as big time. as wrestlemania biggest show of all time i mean they are still trying to sell the show even though well analytically it, it, it looks like it has so but J- jamal like for what it's worth this is to start off here do you think that all in is in the same breath as wrestlemania Uh, so the short answer is yes with a but. And, and the reason why is that for spectacle, for scale, for pomp and circumstance and all the frivolous bullshit that, that people like to latch on to, uh, you know, people are very excited about these superficial things like the crowd size and crowd interaction and what the stage is going to look like. Be damned if they actually wrestle. It could they could just play table tennis um in the middle of the <laughs> ring. Uh, but the all of these other things that are that people excited about, yes, it is comparable to WrestleMania on that level. Because for all of the hype that WrestleMania is, what did we talk about beforehand? WrestleMania week. What's going to be um, you know, the other events that surround WrestleMania within WWE? The fact that it's two nights, then there's a stadium reveal with a massive pyro display. Um, you know, even the reveal of the location of the city is a big deal. And then the, then they they take a moment out of the show to let you know how many people are there. Um, you know, so yes, for those things, it is a big deal. But because it's AEW, and AEW doesn't operate on the same wavelength as WWE, in that way, it's also comparable to WrestleMania. It's maybe their version. It's the biggest show that they've literally ever done Ever, ever, ever in the history of ever for them. So maybe it's not WrestleMania 40, but maybe it's WrestleMania 3. But that's uh, the comparison I keep hearing. Is this their WrestleMania 3? Yeah, because which that was uh, the one in Atlantic City, right? Um, that, that, that's uh, Silverdome, Hogan Andre. No, no okay. Um, WrestleMania which, 3, one was, which one was Atlantic City? Two? Four and five. Four and five. Both so the first two were yeah. in the garden. Yeah. I, I th- that's the thing. I think it's I think it's that one, the one in Atlantic City, um, where they had it at the uh, Boardwalk Hall. 
it's the biggest show of the biggest show that they've done. But as far as scale and scope and all these other things, it doesn't necessarily register within the universe. That's kind of where the disconnect begins and ends. Now, uh, the first WrestleMania was just a you know a really big show, good or bad, I don't care. But it was just a big show. It, the second one, ahead. sure. Um, the third was uh, Detroit. Which ones was which one was the one where they did it in three different locations? Two, two, okay. yeah. one in three different locations. Right. So it was always trying to be something bigger. So for those that are going to make the direct comparison to say that, like, well, if they do another show, they got to rent out a football stadium. Or if they do another show, they got to rent out a, a baseball stadium. We need, we had 80,000. We need 100,000. Where, where is that stadium? Is it in the Philippines? Let's go to North Korea. They have a 150,000 seat stadium. Let's go to Ann Arbor. They have 110,000. Let's go to uh, Columbus, Ohio, or uh, Happy Valley in Pennsylvania. We need 150,000 people in a football stadium. The problem is, is that people are comparing it to WrestleMania now and not what WrestleMania was 35 years ago because WrestleMania was a much more subdued, not equally important, but a much more subdued, a lot less spectacular event that was still very damned important for the company. So is this the most important event that AEW's ever had? Yeah, I think so, because the first all-in wasn't technically a part of the company. But the fact that they can get 80,000 people for a show, sight unseen, not necessarily knowing what the hell they're going to get until this week, um, is kind of like, yeah, it's, it's it's a monumental deal. Now, the question is, is it big enough? Because they're only doing one show. They're not doing a Dynamite over there. They're not doing Collision Live. They're not doing a lot. They're leaving a lot of money on the table by just having one, only one show in and out, and we and we're back in the U.S. Well, next well, weekend. Well, well, let's 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 talk about that a little bit. I mean, you're bringing up fantastic points. I, I think that because while there are there is tribalism in wrestling and there's loyalists what? to the brand, folks <laughs> what you buying, mean? <laughs> folks were buying tickets without a show even being present. Right, number yeah, just, one. I was, I, I was at first, I would say I would say the biggest star of that show was Wembley Stadium, because that's what sold the tickets. That it was a, a show percent. at Wem- wrestling was happening at Wembley. That's a, what sold a, the show. A thousand percent. And as Jamal said, like you know, folks were buying tickets, and and that, and even that, I mean, we talked about it for weeks here actually about like what is this show? It's right. it, it's 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 probably one of the silliest topics we had. But it was the actual, it was the most factual, actual thing. Is what because we didn't have show? matches. We didn't. It was have just matches. about the we spectacle. No high... So right, so right, so right. So here's the thing. I think everyone's excited because they're going to be at a iconic stadium. It's going to be overseas. It's the name All In, which truly doesn't give any bit of the feels from the first All In. So this is just truly under the AEW umbrella by Tony yeah, they, Khan. They bought the rights. They can use it now. Right, 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 right. So they're using it. It's the same thing as NXT using Bash at the Beach, Halloween Havoc, or anything. Carl Malone is not coming to NXT. <laughs> we don't have to worry about oh, any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the thing, the thing about it is that, like, they, 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 they set the stars to a line, but they never ever built a show that gave you that granular feel. This is by all means a huge step forward for AEW. But when you talk about WrestleMania, you're talking about a spectacle that reaches 
outside of wrestling. That's what this fails to do. That's what this fails to do in all aspects in terms of the marketing. This is being built like any other pay-per-view. And honestly, let's call it what it is. Of the four of us right now, did any of us even flinch to go there? I, no. I did. I, I did. And mm-hmm. the reason why I won't be there this weekend is because, A, it's on a Sunday. Um, and, B, I have other trips planned. And, 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 also, and also, more importantly, more importantly, it's literally only one show. Yeah. And, so, and, 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 and a part of you going was a part of it being overseas, be, being, being at that stadium, because at this point now, and I even, I, and I believe it was, I believe it was you that said that, hell, I'll go and don't even go to the show because what is the show? Just to go overseas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I, we I'm, said. I'm down and, and, I was, and, and again, I was damn tempted to do that, Same. but I couldn't find other shows until this month that were going to happen. And in the the spotlight, I'll have those other shows that are going to be in the London area this weekend uh, before All In starts. But the point is, is that this is why I went to Grand Slam. Yes, selfishly, conveniently, it's in New York. Um, You know, so but but also it's like the third or fourth event ever that's not tennis in that building. Nobody's seen what that looks like before. Yeah. Everybody's seen a wrestling show at the Garden or Barclays Mm -hmm. or uh, Prudential Center. Or wherever, but we've never seen one in uh in, in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yeah, true. And this is why, like, I was loving what WWE was doing uh before the pandemic when they were hitting football stadiums. They they had uh the Royal Rumble at uh and um um the Car- Arizona Cardinals Stadium. So it was like you know yeah, it was at the Alamo Dome one year too, right? Yeah, and while we went to that, or I went to that. I think me and Sellers went to that. But either way, like again, all the stars aligned for this to be a great show. Besides them executing two things, the card. And to be granular outside of professional wrestling, where does the star attraction to it? Because with that, and I don't care about celebrities necessarily being there, I want the show to feel a bit de- a big deal. I want to go to a show knowing that truly this is the must be the must attend event, and it never felt like that. I have what? zero FOMO right now. <laughs> well, here's the thing: when people make the WrestleMania three comparison, just because the big building and the big crowd. The difference to me is WrestleMania three wasn't sold on a big building and a big crowd. That was part of it. What sold that show was the main event Hogan versus Andre that they hyped up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they hyped that show on was Mm -hmm. Hogan versus Andre and how they, they went so far as act like that match had never even happened before to make it that big of a deal. Cause hell all bets were off on how they were going to promote and even still MJF and Adam Cole ain't that main event. And they Hogan Andre. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, look, I mean, I, I think that, that oh. here's the thing. If you are looking at the show and, and you're throwing all the, his pushing all the history aside, you don't know what history is going to look like until it happens. So for, there are those sight unseen need to be at the place where we know that history will be made for better or worse. It will be made there. And I, you know, will either, no matter what, how I feel about it, I will be at the place where history happens. That's why I started looking up flights. That's why I started looking up hotels. That's why I didn't go because it's only one show. So I, th- that's why I went to Arthur Ashe. That's why you went to Chicago. That's why, conveniently, I walked down the street from work to go to the first Dynamite. No, 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 no. And, and you're entirely right. I went to Chicago because I felt like Forbidden Door was a big deal. And right now, Forbidden Door 2 
it's still a bigger deal than this, if you ask me. Danielson and Okada is a big deal. First time where ever is, yeah. Where is anything on this car even breathing in the same air as that now, match? Now, to be fair, no. and I want to nitpick, I don't care about New Japan. I've been to yeah. zero forbidden door shows. So I'm not going to say that just because I don't care about Danielson versus Okada doesn't make it a big deal. It, it doesn't. It's just me. But what I am saying is, is that uh, for all of the things that are the show, there is a reason why people bought their tickets early. And I think <laughs> it's because of the superficial things. And then they put the car together. Now, now here's the question. And, and I think this is what we're all alluding to. Will the show live up to the hype? No. Let's put our bets in right now. My mine's is no. Mine's is no. All in because all in one was something unique that could never be duplicated ever again. Yeah, for a long time, all in for a long time, there's not going to be anything that can emulate what all in is. So all in two doesn't get the ride off that same nostalgia. I thought I know, but all in was is like people saying this can't happen, and guys saying, "Well, let's give it a shot." Yeah, but see, this well, is all in one. Is now, all in yeah, now now folks are trying to win the narrative of saying, well, all in for all in London means they can never sell out Wim- Wembley. Well, okay, folks, we well, do know that, that? The, that's what uh, that's what the new narrative is of what all in is. So yeah, it's like, who, who was taking that bet though? I mean, that was the thing. The, the narrative it doesn't it doesn't fit the narrative, but people are trying to switch to swing that as I the see. narrative to say that's that's why this is the continuation of what all in is. It's the all in idea of saying. Who said that AEW can't run an overseas show and and sell out and sell out an arena? Who said they can't sell out Wembley? By the way, the the, the true villain in all of this is the weekend because he he sold the most tickets last week. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? So, yeah, you know, you know that person that got the show canceled on HBO, also under Warner Bros. Discovery with crazy ratings, but terrible ratings, <laughs> crazy ratings, but terrible ratings. <laughs> the weekend, by the way, the weekend and Guy Fury are the AEW, AEW killers right now. The way I'm looking at it is, is that show comes on. The draw is the spectacle of seeing that crowd and kind of seeing the atmosphere. And I'm very curious how quick that spectacle is going to wear off watching the show. Yeah. You know, because that's the draw to me is, is that I, there's nothing on the show. Well, that's, Got much to I'm looking that. at the and car now, right now. now. Our, our buddy Myron Kid here is asking, "How long y'all think this show is going to be?" Oh, I love, Seven I hours. Love this one. I, I say five. I'm going nine, with five. Nine, nine hours. I think nine hours. Um, the 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 show starts at one o'clock Eastern. One Eastern our time. Yes, that seems wrong because that's only six o'clock in the UK. I don't think the show is going to go six hours. Now, does the pre-show start at six? local time and the main show starts at seven that also seems wrong because shows normally start at eight so i think that this show is probably <laughs> going to be north of five hours um i am i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go five and a half hours yep adrian says about five hours long with at least two cameos to pop us all right it's one of those cameos edge People have been talking all day. Is Edge showing up there? Is he no. on a plane oh, over there just, right now? No. I just please, don't. Please no. I just no. don't see. I hope the, not either. I, work. Yeah. I can't I, see. I, I don't know. Yeah. I honestly though, I do think that Edge right now in his short temporary break has something to do with Disney. Anytime anybody mm-hmm. disappears from WWE, it is film and movie related. Every he's single doing Percy time. Jackson. 
he exactly. mentioned that in his statement today. Exactly. And and Edge may not be struck. So Edge may be the biggest catalyst to their marketing right now. They're saying, like, we need somebody who is a struck to be part of the promotional team here. And Edge could possibly be it. So I, I think every single time when we talk about where's this wrestler, where's this wrestler, are they done, are they done? It's always something media related. Like Ronda Rousey right now, I guarantee she pops up in something. We're going to blind. Ah, that's where she been. Alessa Bliss was the same thing. Um, um, uh, what's her, what's her name? Music show or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So you know, I I got a feeling that Edge is just getting ready to do um do do some Disney stuff for a while. But if he goes to if I swear if he goes to AW, zero value for everybody. Everybody well, does nothing. Imagine for no this. One. He shows up there. He's got to be Adam Copeland. That's gonna be kind of confusing with Adam Cole Who's in the that? main event. Yeah. What's he gonna Who's be? <laughs> <laughs> I don't go bad. I'm cold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what jumped out of me immediately. I was like, wait a second. That name is really similar. <laughs> yeah. The only uh, way he gets a pop out of that is if he shows up post main event to spear the winner of Cole and MJF. And he went to show up to see Christian do a five second pose. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Christian's too busy dissing people's fathers. That's not going to happen. All right. How about we do our break since we're, we're over time here, since we've had a very top heavy show here with all the news going on. We'll do our break and then we'll come back with the indie spotlight because Jamal wanted to talk about the other shows happening around all in. And then we got some time left. See what else we get into here on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here tonight, folks. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Are you a fan of all things media? Are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports? Then you need to check out Big Gold Belt Media. We're the ultimate destination for all things entertainment and media with the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm. Our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're not just an online destination. We attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow us on all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan, or just a casual like some people, Big Gold Belt media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So what are you waiting for? Check us out today at BigGoldBelt.com. That's BigGoldBelt.com. All right, folks. Welcome back to the second half of your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast here on this Thursday night, 8 p.m. like we like to do it. We're talking all-in weekend, and there are some events that seems to be happening around that. So, Jamal, get in here with the Indie Wrestling Spotlight as it pertains to all-in in London. On uh, this coming Saturday, August 26th at noon, uh, London time, there is a Progress Wrestling and Defy Wrestling. Now, Defy is based in uh, the Pacific Northwest, the Seattle-ish area, and uh, they're going all the way over to England, and they're having a show, uh, The Splendid and the Vile, and then that's going to be followed by the Progress show. It's clobbering time at, yeah, I think around 4 o'clock. So the first show is at like noon, and the second show is at about... Uh, you know, three or four, but the long and short of it is that tickets are actually may still be available. Um, you can get 
you know, tickets and other information at dice.fm slash progress, or, you know, look at progress's webpage, uh, progresswrestling.com. Uh, Revolution Pro Wrestling, Rev Pro, uh, as it's known, uh, they're having their 11th anniversary. That is August 26th. That's still Saturday. Um, 3.30 p.m. at the Copper Box. You can get tickets at revolutionproresling.com. And then, of course, my favorite promotion in the world, uh, Gato Move, with another favorite promotion of mine, Pro Wrestling Eve. They're having a show. Um, the show is sold out, but check their YouTube and check their, um, you know, and check evewrestling.com uh, for the show after the fact. But that's also happening on Saturday. That starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, you know, Ch uh, Choco Pro is actually doing a, an earlier show at two o'clock, uh, but you know everything's uh, super sold out. So, you know, just watch uh, their you know Twitter and uh, at Gato Move, and of course uh, Pro Wrestling Eve at Pro Wrestling Eve for more information on everything that's happening, uh, mostly on Saturday in the London Town area uh, ahead of All In, which apparently starts at six o'clock local time. So that's either going to be a really early show. Or a really long show, and I'm not sure which one it's going to be. Uh, either way, that's the indie spotlight for this week. There we go. So there are a few events surrounding All In going on in London. It's just a matter of if you can still find a way in to get into some of them. Do we got any, do we got anything else that we're back in the second half that we want to talk about with this show? Since come on, people are making this out to be the you know the biggest show of all time. So At this point, now we got to touch on with it. They just going to have to do it. They, I mean. If they're going to play the underdog role here and 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 shock the doubters, then they're just going to have to do it. But as I said in the beginning, the true villains of AEW is Guy Fury, and now the weekend, the rating stopper and the ticket seller. You know, <laughs> and, and honestly, I guarantee you, if they somehow beat eighty-seven thousand, that's all we're going to hear about next week. All you're going to hear about because they're like eighty-one right now, right? I don't know uh, over like 80. They're claiming over 80. The, yeah. the weird thing is, the thing that keeps getting me is they're making a very big point of all the reports are they've distributed over 80,000 tickets. <laughs> yeah. The, the wording is very specific of how they're talking about this. <laughs> and shout out to the folks on the media call, which we didn't take a part at because I, I don't know. Or I don't know why we didn't. But um, shout out to somebody on the media call. Uh, and I think it was, uh, uh, was it was it Brandon? Um Brandon Thurston. Yeah, Brandon Thurston. That, that said, we're going to need to, in, in other words, and paraphrasing, we're going to need to audit those numbers to know the legitimacy yeah. of them. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll give them credit. There is something to be said for if they've sold 70-something. And it's like, you know what? If we just pad the hell out of this thing and get a bunch more people in here, and we can say we got the most people in the building, I mean, hey, why yeah. not? I, yeah, I is, does is. the show matter at all anymore? Is it just about the attendance record? It's a house like, show. Just, to some people, it's absolutely just about the attendance record. It, it, it's yeah. been very clear in the last week that that. Because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, how I, how I compared it before we got on air was this is AEW's version of SummerSlam when it was in uh, the UK in '92. Okay, like just trying something different, getting a, a hometown crowd to just love everything we're going to go out throw out there. The only issue is, is that Jamie Hayter's injured, so you couldn't have her in the main event and get the local pop that way. And you're not using Soraya because it's Soraya. So what else were you going to do? So like make it about the, the actual wrestling. The, the, the will they, won't they break up between MJF and, and Adam Cole? 
that doesn't yeah. have the same gravitas as Brett uh, Bulldog. So yeah. they end this show with reuniting the kingdom. <laughs> oh God, no, 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 Matt that, Taven. That's a, here, here's the well. Here's the comparison. It's the ROH and J- New Japan show at MSG, where yeah, it was all about Matt Taven winning there. the title. Yeah, that's 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 three more tickets. So so that's not a bad idea, and we know exactly who those tickets are going to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say last thing. Then we're gonna we're gonna I will, we'll move on. If AEW does somehow some way break the eighty seven thousand record that the weekend has broken, every major outlet is going to try to fact check. Why is that the record? Because it is. He just broke it. The, the attendance UK record or ticket sale. Right. The t- the ticket sale he, record. He was for just Wembley there. Stadium. He just drew that crowd like in the last one month. day ago. Is that one the day. record for Wembley? Yes. Yes, it is. I'd have to. I want to fact check. This Six out. eight Jake says they're going to get that attendance over eighty thousand, one way or another. And listen, if they get it, if they get over eighty seven, they are absolutely going to. Every major outlet is going to fact check it, so there will be no fabrication on this one because there, I, I have. Uh, I'm looking at an attendance from a 2015 rugby match for eighty eighty nine thousand. Yeah, I, it says tickets sold. That's that's what I. If you type in, and, and I saw it yesterday. Um, so if you type in a weekend Wembley, everything pops up and says the weekend breaks ticket record at Wembley Stadium with his concert of selling 87,000 tickets. Uh, Live Nation UK reported it, BBC has reported it. Um, all the major hip hop uh, 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 outlets has reported it, Yahoo News reported it. So, yeah, I don't know if there's I'm not, I'm not well, sure if there's... Once again, like we were talking earlier, the difference between tickets sold and tickets distributed. Right. So... Well, no, what, what, what tickets sold, tickets distributed, and actual attendance are not the same thing. Right. They're all... Right. Those are all different things. Those that's are all different point. numbers. Right. So, so right, so right the now... the big... has it as sold, that's a totally 80, different accomplishment. Yeah, and that's what AEW is aiming after. Sold tickets, not attendance records, sold tickets, which is at 80 or close to 80,000. So if they get to 87... It's gonna be major fact checking, which you know that's the that's the thing. Everybody's saying like, well, WWE says they've done this, and everybody's like, well, they actually had this, and I think it's gonna be the same type of energy in terms of it for AEW. Yeah, that's all awesome bullshit, though. I mean, if WWE says that ninety seven thousand, you know, uh, went to Detroit to see the thing, then they then they went to Detroit to see the thing because people get comp tickets. People, you know, have. I mean, these we're, we're talking. A matter of a couple hundred, you know, five thousand or so. Um, that is the thing. And more importantly than that, more more importantly than all of that, is there a single match on the show that is of interest? Because for me, honestly, the card is rather pedestrian. And it's more sort of dynamite, essentially. It's basically a five-hour-long dynamite. And which is which is whatever. That's what it should have been. It should have been a house show. It should have no strings attached to it, no no ties to anything. We're just doing a show for the fans. Maybe they put it on pay per view. Maybe they put it. Maybe they put a live on HBO Max as the first live event uh, before they did it with CNN. But no, instead of doing that, nope, it's fifty bucks. And then next week, it's fifty more dollars. <laughs> All right then. That doesn't, you know, that's that's a stretch. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a stretch. But but still, it, it really is more to the point of I, I think that uh AEW 
I don't know, man. I don't know if that's the move because you have back-to-back high-impact events on consecutive weekends. I don't, I don't, I don't see that being a thing because you can't do both. And the injury is notwithstanding because it's unfortunate the hater can't make it. It's unfortunate that you know they're not tapping into the indie scene. Uh, we're not seeing. I, well, I hope. I would like to think that we would see a lot of you know a lot of you know, indie guys get a push. But again, they only did one show. That would have been perfect for Dark or Dynamite or Collision or Ring of Honor. It would have been perfect to bring AEW as a company over there, spend two or three days, do a show at the O2, have the big show at Wembley, and call it a week. Yeah, hopefully said, this is a lesson learned. Hopefully they make connections. Hopefully, hopefully Tony point. Khan's on the ground, you know, establishing something for the for future return. You know, and, and, and maybe there are businesses that don't want to so willingly do business without actually seeing what they do. They don't have the long-standing relationship like WWE has who can lock things down because of their, their past. Maybe this, I tell you, it'd be interesting to see what their next move is. I, I'll leave it at that because we talked a lot about this. So, All right, ready to move on? <laughs> yes. We will see what happens on Sunday, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next week. And shout, out to, shout out to Anderson Cooper, who's also an AEW uh, heel at this point, who's getting his live streaming uh, uh, application on Maps with CN- CNN Maps on the way. So Anderson Cooper, 360, 365 at this point now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Do we want to talk Rhea Ripley or Chad Gable? Let's Gable. Gable. Okay. We probably got enough time. We can do them both. We got 10 minutes. I'll be quiet. Okay. Is Chad Gable the one to dethrone Gunther? Is he the guy? I think he's hot as could be right now. I think Gunther has to get the record first, which is only a couple weeks away, to wipe out the Honky Tonk Man record. But I think once that happens, go with Gable. Gable is like, He's he's made a great transition. He's got himself over the whole pairing with Otis and Maxine Dupree is killing it. So I want to see Gable take that next step. I say yes. This man has come so far from Shorty G to this. Oh, right bravo, now. Shorty G. <laughs> My man came out looking like Ski circa 1996 for like a good three months, and nobody even batting an eyelash. But for, for me to see Gable be actually booked. How everybody on the IWC and probably people backstage thought he should have been booked from the first place? It's about damn time. Now, whether or not I think he should have dethroned Gunther, that doesn't really matter to me. What I want to see going forward is this push going to be sustained. Or are they going to get bored with him after, let's say, two to three weeks when it's just shoosh and thank you and, and still that's it? I will say that Maxine Dupree... If it wasn't for her bringing more eyes on Chad Gable, stop it. So stop it. And Alpha Academy, we would not be here. Bringing right now. your eyes to so Alpha. No, no, no. I only watch Raw. You know that. I only watch Raw. I got time for that. <laughs> Who is but Maxine Dupree in this let's conversation? Let's be real. Let's be real. Alpha Academy was going nowhere. My man Otis all of a sudden became wanted to become a model. And then all of a sudden it became about Chad Gable after 75 matches against the, uh, what I was going to call the, the Viking Raiders. So now you got Gunther, Walter, whichever, versus Gable. That's like an indie wrestler's like show's dream right there for wrestling. So I like the thought of them going 20, but do I want him to dethrone Gunther? I don't really care. 
I just want to see where it goes from here because I think he could be a mid-card championship. Shit, if it wasn't for the fact that, um, who is it, Austin Theory lost the U.S. title, I would have said, oh, it's perfect. Let Gable beat him for the, for the U.S. title and then just run with it from there. But it's going to be interesting to see where it goes the next couple of weeks. What does my Iron Kid says it should be Dragonoff, should be Igla Dragonoff coming love the story up to there. take the title from Gunther, taking like it back the with there. all their history between NXT I I gonna, UK and the older days. I said I was going to be quiet, but I'm going to make this quick. If you take the leash off of Gable, you got Chris Benoit. The dude wrestling speaks oh. for itself. Period. <laughs> period. Just period. So that's why people are paying attention to him because the guy can wrestle. In the moment you let him wrestle, everybody's like, holy hell. What have they not been? Why haven't they been pulling the trick on him? The bad part about this is that for everything that I've just said was the same thing you could have said about Cesaro. And well, we know how that went. And while that was that a was different era, combination too. Why, why it was a different era, you know, we'll see if they change now under the Triple H regime. But, like, for what it is, because even at times, Chris Benoit didn't really have charisma. You know, he, he was the crippler, and you thought he was intense. But then there was Ken Shamrock that really was about that life. So you looked at Chris Benoit, he's kind of like, okay, I guess. But his wrestling was so top tier. When you looked across these folks like Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko and and himself, you're just like, I respect these guys because they can the wrestle. Yeah. This guy, Chad Gable, exactly the same. The guy can wrestle. He to can your wrestle. point, to your point about Gable, you got to remember, he's more charismatic than Cesaro could have ever been because he got Jason Jordan open over in yep. NXT with a towel. Yep. With Facts. a towel. Facts. The towel. <laughs> Facts. He got the word shoosh over just by shooshing the audience without yeah, him having facts. to wrestle, the wrestling made that better. So he, I don't, I don't think the Benoit comparison is accurate. Hold on. I don't know. Uh, I think that um, as much as I like Abel, as much as I would like to see him really, uh, you know, just express his wrestling acumen, he's not a WWE guy. He's mm. not a guy that I think of when I think of champion in WWE. Uh, you know, Walter is, uh, you know, Biggie is, uh, you know, uh, Damian, Mar uh, Damian, I was going to say Punishment Martinez, but um, Damian Priest is, Balor is, AJ Styles is, Seth Rollins is. Um, the problem that Vince had with Gable was that he was too ugly and too short to be a champion. Um, and that really reminded me of Daniel Bryan when he went on this run where if the crowd really didn't like will him to, uh, you know, to that next level, it's it was it's never been about talent. Right. There are a lot of guys with talent that are being held back for some reason. There are a lot of guys that get over with the talent that are just held being held back for some reason. And I, as much as I hate to say it, because I do love Gable as a wrestler, I don't think he can break through that ceiling that WWE has because he's not the type of wrestler that he wants them. That he that they would put on a pedestal, because if he was, they would have done it already. I, I think one other thing we should note: if Gable does go back to NXT for an extent, that I think is going to be the testament to see if he's truly ready. Drop him back down there, let him work his magic, work some creative things with him, and then bring him back up and let him go off. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm not really sure. 
you know what they what they, because I, I don't I can't envision what a championship run for him looks like, you know because and, and that's the kind of the problem is that everybody likes a good scrappy underdog and once you make it it's like where do we go from here hmm? and it's not that he can't handle himself as a champion and we won't ever know until we try, but yeah. it is really to the point of like he doesn't really I don't think his character is big enough for for it to be a WWE champion. Yeah. When you compare and them to the champions that they either currently have or the ones that you remember all the time, those were, you know, galaxy-wide personalities yeah. in life and in death. Yeah. And, and as, as good as Gable is, he's my type of wrestler. But so was Ken Shamrock, so was Benoit, so was Perry Saturn, Malenko, and, uh, you know, and Steve Blackman. <laughs> That's my man right exactly. here. <laughs> That's my man. But... These guys don't scream WWE champion. Yeah, and they don't. Think, they don't scream longevity. They you yeah, you, you say like I can see them winning a I can see them winning a big match. But they get the Kofi point, championship. Yeah, and then comes a brick wall. I was, gonna say, I, was I was gonna say I can't. The more I think about it, I can't see Gable holding the title for a long time. It would be a short run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a short run to move it from. <laughs> From you know one heel and Gunther to another heel. As I listen, a call month it what you want, most. and I know people don't like him, but Austin Theory is the prime example right now. Austin Theory was chiseled from the Rock of Championships. And he looks like a champion, at. and it didn't work. He's got the charisma <laughs> of a tuna fish. Oh, but no. to be fair, so was Roman Reigns for a long time. Roman True. Reigns had you know the charisma True. of a trout, and. <laughs> For whatever reason, for whatever Trout. reason, and it it took him <laughs> shit with a better part of five, six, seven, eight years yeah, about five, to get it together. Years. And I mean yeah. Roman Reigns specifically, uh, because even as a part of the shield, he had somebody to fall back on. I mean, yeah. Roman Reigns specifically by himself. The joke was the five moves of doom that he would do, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. I you know, it's not it's 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 about the sport the entertainment and the sports. Gable is an Olympic athlete. It's not a, we ain't nobody's questioning that. Yeah. But what did Roman Reigns do to get him over? You know, they turned him heel. He got the thing that they wouldn't ask They flipped for, the script. They flipped for, the script for, on it. Yeah, they, they people were asking for that for damn near a decade, and then finally it happened. And now they kind of run that uh, that train into the ground because of the fact that Roman still has no charisma. Um, Six okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Um, you know, no argument there. Um, but yeah, I, I think Roman has the charisma of powdered milk. But because they turned him heel, we have a reason to boo him now. Yes. With Gable, uh, I don't think his personality is big enough that makes me scream valid long term championship run. And I would rather him not have the belt at all than have the Kofi championship. Or I have think the there's Bryan. money to be made uh, with him chasing the belt at the very least. You know, right. you can, as the, as the chaser. And maybe a fluke win as a transitional champion, but I don't, I don't want him to be another Sheamus. Mm, okay. And, and again, Sheamus is a Hall of Famer, but he's not the Hall of Famer that he should be. I, he's I a think, Hall of Famer I, because he's been there for 15 years. I think uh, also Donald Trump uh, mugshot just got released. This is not that podcast, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we are not. Well, the there goes our that. band. There goes our bandwidth. It's actually starts getting shared all over. <laughs> Uh, no, no, seriously, that's, that, that's all. I, 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 let me just say the last thing so we can just get this last uh topic in before we end the show. Is that again, I truly think that he needs to go to NXT to truly see 
his work. We need to see him be a star at the highest level of NXT on a solo run. We Alpha Alpha Academy, he did our uh, American Alpha, he did it. We need to see what he can do on the solo run at the highest level of NXT. That's the true testament to see if he can survive with a legitimate main roster run. Yeah, you can put the belt on him. Him winning is convincing, and we will believe it. We will rally it. It's a big moment. You have two tra- to two trajectories after that: the Kofi treatment, or you actually can build some momentum and do the impossible, which something I think a lot of us could get behind because none of us would ever thought he would get in that place in the first place. And that's a story to be told in his own. So, there you that's go. my thoughts. There you go. Let's we hit this real thing real quick. Oh, you still want to do the real thing? Real We're quick. Real okay, quick. real, we'll real, you, really we'll quick. We'll let you handle it. Real, real quick, though, since it was a topic earlier this week, very simple. Is Rhea Ripley's dominance hurting the women's division? Because she's plowing through everybody with two-minute matches and all that. I say no, because that's only one aspect of the women's division. Mm-hmm. How you have a whole other women's division on SmackDown that has nothing to do with this. So it's not like everyone is being saddled with this. But unless you're wrestling Rhea and she's dominating you, the rest of the division should be doing plenty of other stuff. And that's a whole different issue if they aren't. But Rhea Ripley being presented as a dominant champion, as a Mike Tyson-esque, you know, killer, <laughs> is fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I like it as something different. So I don't think it does. I'm with Who you. Else? I don't think it holds anything. I don't think it holds anything back strictly because you wanted everyone got her over with the mommy stuff. So seeing her squash Candice LeRae made my little heart happy. I was happy to see that because I'm not a Candice LeRae fan. But you could tell that this was a holding pattern for Raquel to come back from whatever injury she was nursing because that was always going to be the next up for Rhea and saving Bianca for a bigger stage. Mm -hmm. That's what this was. It's also a matter of who the hell else were you going to give her? What? Raw's women's roster is what now? Exactly. So I don't think it does anything wrong. If anything, she keeps the judgment day together with Dom. So yeah. Good good ratings for her. Uh her and Dom are doing good ratings in NXT. So there's 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 the 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 business bonus there. I'm telling yeah. you right now why I like this idea. Go ahead, Will. Her dominance has pretty much made her that the dominance. leader of the judgment day now. That's the, <laughs> that's the story they did this week on Raw, that she was yeah. calling all the shots because she's like, you guys don't have your act together. You keep messing up with this damn briefcase and can't even like pass it to the right person. I'm calling the shots on who the damn team is. So yeah. that's it. They're, they're adding layers to this. We're like, she's even calling the shots with the guys now. She's, she's the carpool so mom bad. at this point. She's like, don't yeah, make me you turn go. this car around. <laughs> yeah, our social media manager Marcus has tweeted this and said that it's Rhea Ripley versus the world, and I love that idea because one, it's True. just it rolls off your tongue just perfectly, and you like Rhea that. Ripley. Here's what I'm thinking: let this motherfucker roll all the way to the Royal Rumble and have her defend her belt in the Royal Rumble against the entire world. Oh, Rock Lesnar mode. <laughs> Let's go, because she she done the feud. She's done feud with everybody. So put everybody in it, every single person in it, and let's see her give it a good run. Um, something iconic, much like she did last year, not to and, and to lose it in it. And this and then it just be fair game to see who's the next person to be to step up. Have her have a let her come out number one, go through about 20. Um, and, and then at some point get tossed out. But then we'll truly see who the next person to to win and have her losing it at the Royal Rumble. I think it's a good idea because you can reset her right then. It protects her right there, too. She yep. never took a and, pinfall. And then you put her on the road to WrestleMania in a new storyline that makes sense. All right. Any other thoughts on it? Are we good? good? 
We're good. All right. So that's that. We got Rhea Ripley in there before the end of the show. Uh, folks, as we said, when we opened tonight, uh, Bray Wyatt has passed away at the age of 36. There's not, there's a little, do we want to share any more info that we've heard in the last hour or we want yeah, to kind of wait just, for that? To... Listen, it, it, it's being just reported by Sean that um, news has came out that it, um, and you know, you can read his tweet. Uh, Sean Rossap, and it's just basically stating that um, this seems to be by way of COVID complications. So there's that. And, and honestly, uh, thought aside, uh, if you're not looking around the news, COVID is starting to make its return. So folks, be safe. Be safe. Well, yeah. And if the talk was that it was related to that was what he was out for, as we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, that he had been out for to draw read his tweet verbatim. So we're not like embellishing anything or adding anything that isn't here. It says, uh, quote, I was given permission to reveal this earlier this year. Wyndham Rotunda Bray Wyatt got COVID that exacerbated a heart issue. There was a lot of positive progress towards return and his recovery. Unfortunately, today he suffered a heart attack and passed away. So that's what we know. I'm sure if that's the case, that's the kind of thing I would think there'll probably be more confirmation of pretty quickly. So, and that does play into the idea we were hearing about medical issues. So uh, it it is what it is. Bray Wyatt passes away at 36. Terry Funk also going yesterday, a heck of a couple days here for wrestling, but folks, we are glad you hung out with us tonight. It's been a different show. That's for sure. But we're glad you were here. We're here each and every Thursday night. BigGoldBelt.com is the website for all your wrestling and entertainment, comic book needs, and all that stuff. Of course, on social media, it's Big Gold Belt, whether it's Twitter or X now, Instagram, all those different things. But Thursday nights, 8 p.m. is when we stream this live. Podcast form drops the next day. And I guess that's about it. Anyone got anything else we want to throw in? Are we out of here? I think that's it. So we'll be back next week after this big show in Wembley. We'll have lots to talk about. And uh, we'll be on the road to uh, All Out in Chicago. And who knows what else. So until then, (laughs) folks, stay safe. Check in on your folks, as we talked about earlier tonight. Check in on your folks and just give them a what's up. Draw on this together. Talk to you next week. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Later.